0: Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 Movies Under 90 Minutes. <laughs> 230, 74. 45, 69, 60. 105, 60. 5 minutes, 12, 15, 15. 15. negative four. Twenty 4. 25,000. 70, 75. 70, 70, 70, 70,
1: What was that? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Cool. <laughs> uh, note to self, today on our show, clocking in at 82 minutes, we we're uh, talking about 1998's Dirty Work, uh, directed by the scholar Robert Saget. That's right. Directed by Bob Saget. I don't know. I'm in a fucking odd mood right now. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're talking about Dirty Work today. That was a bad Norm McDonald impression there um rest in peace i feel like we
1: owe a few rest in pieces here let's oh my see.
0: god so many in this movie they're like uh I'm, i mean i'm like well now i actually have to look something up before i before yeah I put yeah, my we foot can't, in my
1: mouth yeah we don't want to issue any rest uh, condolences to people who are still alive obviously but uh rest in peace norm
0: rest uh, in peace Bob Saget? Bob Saget. Rest in peace, Jack Warden, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, 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 not Artie Lang. I had to look that up. I was like, does, is These, he dead? He uh, seems like somebody who could who, be dead by now.
1: I think he would agree with you. Uh, but no, he's a little worse for wear, but he's still out there. And uh, I was going to jokingly say, rest in peace, Chevy, you know? <laughs> I was going to say Chevy, Chevy's career. Chevy, uh Chevy's acting uh he's so fascinating chevy chase like because we watch community and so like and and his character pierce is so heavily like meta when it comes to him because like that he clashed so much with dan Harmon and the cast that like they started writing him like a chevy chase like an asshole yeah so it's like me, katie and i and just friends sometimes i just like and friends, like I look on the internet and I look about the discourse, basically about Chevy Chase, and like he's just such a fascinating guy to me. You he's know,
0: seen, from what I've seen, because like I've seen him in things where I'm just like, he, like, he's funny. Like mm-hmm. he he knows how to be funny. Um, and he's he's one of those guys who does seem to be on. You know, like he's always doing something. You know, he's ne- he's yeah. never genuine, but he's usually. Pretty funny, even in when he's being like kind of like a, a, a slick asshole, mm-hmm. he's still kind of funny. So, I don't know, I, I truly don't know what it's like to work with him, obviously. But I wonder how many people just mistake, you know, him just being on all the time as him being an asshole, and how much of it is just like unmistakably that is mm-hmm. a. Dick asshole moved, you know, like I, I truly don't know. I, I wonder yeah. because I've I've, you know, like I've never seen anything. I only hear it from, you know, celebrities who are like who are like, oh yeah, he was a fucking prick. Mm-hmm. I uh
1: he popped up on my TikTok and it was like him hanging out with uh Christy Brinkley and Beverly D'Angelo for like a Comic Con or something. And uh Beverly D'Angelo is like uh, he he knows hypnotherapy. He actually taught me how to do my own stunts on a lot of projects. It's like, and he's just nodding like sincerely. I was like, that's interesting. He's a amateur hypnotherapist. But, <laughs> and I know this isn't about Chevy. It's just like the fact that he's in this just make a cause for conversation about Chevy Chase, basically in my mind. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um. Oh, uh, Joel McHale gets to play. Interestingly enough, Chevy Chase in uh, a futile and stupid gesture, which I finally saw, which was great.
0: Was it great? I really
1: enjoyed it. I think it's. I compare it to the social network or movies of that ilk where it's. you're showing the, the 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 startup and and the the pacing of it is uh, business 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 we got to sure. do this uh, at all. Now I love that kind of most of the time. I if the subject's interesting, I like that stuff. Sorry.
0: Do the do the people make any attempt to do any kind of impersonation of the people they're portraying, or are they just kind of playing it as themselves for the sake of the story? Like, how is that done?
1: Well, it's hard to say because um. Who's the guy in the sketch with... Do you remember the guy who is with Belushi who's who's giving him the English lesson? Uh, feed yeah, your that's fingertips. Michael
0: O'Donoghue, yes.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so uh, he's played by Thomas Lennon. And I think Lennon is playing... He's playing gritty, like gritty Irish, angry, sp- chain-smoking kind of... Uh, like, whatever sure. he's doing, I, I like it. He's got, like, sure. Hemingway energy in it. But um, when it comes to... Um, the chevy performance by joel i think it is like the the problem is what it suffers from is his fucking wig that he's wearing it looks so bad but like his performance is actually pretty it feels like it's loving and it feels like it is um he's also doing a sort of imitation gotcha and uh to your point like it's you get to see like kind of like it's kind of like wired but douglas kenny uh sure and, and Chevy hung out with him quite a bit. So like <laughs> you get to see them partying in the movie and like Chevy being on in the movie. It's it's cool. It's cool. Right. Right on. You so, sold me. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. finally
0: watch it as, as soon as I can.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think I anyway. like it. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty work. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's uh let's talk about this because we we were introduced to this as soon as it came out. We were already uh, norm fans. I, I don't want to speak for both of us, but around this time I'd say co- our comedy influences were were very much aligned. SNL, like Comedy Central. A lot of whatever's whatever we absorb on Comedy Central. Yeah uh you know stephen lynch <laughs> mitch Hedberg, uh, dane cook era weird al uh and and this this movie like norm was a huge uh influence i think on most comedians you know he's just a like we said before a comedian's comedian right. and and for many reasons yeah.
0: um and just, like I, w- yeah. I was just thinking earlier about like what an interesting like kind of trajectory he kind of had you know like it, it, it you know, he's a stand-up and then gets on SNL and then you know gets fired from SNL and then gets you know a sitcom, well gets this movie, and then gets a sitcom that lasts for three seasons, gets to do another movie, you know, a little time off there, showing up, popping up in Adam Sandler movies, and people are like, <laughs> Oh, good, Norm is still getting work, and then like gets to do another sitcom that doesn't go well, another Comedy Central series, you know, just kind of like Flattens out until the roast of Bob Saget, where I feel like he was just <laughs> elevated once more. Like that, like I, I truly feel like that was the turning point where everyone, like where the public was just like Norm MacDonald is a fucking genius. Agreed. And, uh, you know, after that he was just like that's Norm is a living legend at that point. You know.
1: That was yeah. If anybody hasn't seen that, I mean, come on, go Google his uh, roast of Bob Saget. Uh, the perfectly like. 1930s uh, G-rated, like a
0: purposeful an, joke an anti-roast, and really? Yes, when you think yeah. it, like it is, a, it is the absolute anti-roast. Just and, and cutting to
1: Bob Saget, who totally gets it, and like crying in yes. tears, just is just the best, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, um, mm. but yeah. Uh, unfortunately, none of these projects ever capture like how good Norm is. Besides that, it's like <laughs> it's, it's it's stand-up sets. And that roast are like two things that really, you know, like and you can watch old weekend update highlights if you want. But, you know, this movie, the, the sitcom, despite it lasting three seasons, just never fully, you know, gave off the you know, it's it's I don't know how to describe it. Norm is Norm himself is a character that was never really used, you know
1: i i'm trying to compare him i'm trying to think like you know apatow he latches onto these personalities and he gives them springboards you know like train wreck schumer uh king of staten island pete davidson um this without the ness of it feels like his springboard if anything if there was ever one of those it was dirty work for him yeah. because this you were talking about how <clears throat> sorry we don't really get that norm voice in a lot of his projects. And I, I would argue there's, there's moments of it in it because he wrote the script, but he also wrote it with Fred Wolf and a couple other dudes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you do get those moments, but it's um, perhaps not enough is maybe uh, the complaint here. Um, Yeah. It's it's watered down by plot and, you know, character development
0: and acting it's watered down by norm acting, which really (laughs) like, you know, He's not he's not the worst actor in the world, but he's not a very yeah. good actor. And uh, yeah, it's uh it, it does get in the way sometimes of what could be, you know, just Norm being fucking funny. So I think he's probably best used in those like Adam Sandler cameos as just like little moments where like, you know, like him popping up in the animal mm-hmm. when they're all like talking about how they're going to do the mob. Like, you know, and like him with the torches, the whole torch conversation, like. That feels more Norm than this whole movie. I
1: love, um, I love the idea of any aging comedian getting their own Alexander Payne dramedy that gets nominated for Academy Awards, and I feel like Norm deserved one of those. Sure, like about Schmidt with Norm, like that yeah. highlighted his. But because, like, as we talk, like, why Norm? Why? Why is he such a huge figure? Because. It's one of those, just like, um, like uh, who's the honeymooners guy? <laughs> who's Jackie the bad Gleason? Guy? Yeah, like Gleason was like his own flavor, his own style. Like Bob Hope is his own flavor and his own style, and Norm is a whole planet in his own. You know, that's like, how yeah. else do you explain it? You know, just he was, and and people are like, how do we plug him in to shows, movies? Because people like this, like it's unique. It's he's got this smart-ass, like aloof like what is what makes the what is the norm equation you know i think he's the perfect smart ass because of his sarcasm yeah it's
0: it's it's incredibly dry so you like mm -hmm. you really don't Norm's just one of those guys where a lot of times you can't even tell if he's joking you know like (laughs) like especially from what i've gathered listening to other people talk about him where he's just like Mm -hmm. he's just always kind of like you can't tell if he's messing with you or if he is yeah. being sincere. And like he's always like you said, yeah, he's a smart ass and he's always kind of got like a smile and a laugh to it, which is yeah. part of why it makes it seem like, are you fucking with me right now? He's like, no, why, why would I be fucking with you? No. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And it's just like, no, that's it, like I can't tell.
1: I know. It's like that the sort of unpredictability that like our grandfather or like many like lovable grandparents have. It's like you're weird. You're fucking weird. And like I never know what you're going to say next But I like hanging out with you, man.
0: And perhaps that's one of the reasons why Norm got became legendary at, like near the end there is because like he was like almost a personality that he had to age into to really for yes. it to really work, you know? Just the same way, like, if you saw Rodney Dangerfield doing those jokes at 25, nobody would be, like, it would not be funny. There's a reason he didn't become a comedian until he's, like, in his 40s or 50s, you know?
1: And, hey, to bring it back to this project, Don Rickles, same deal. Like, he had to be an old, bald dude Yeah, with a chip on his shoulder, you know? Yeah, (laughs)
0: like, I don't know. I wonder, like, Don Rickles, young Rickles could probably work. There's probably like a middle age Rickles where it just feels a little off. Like where he like you need to lose some more hair before oh, you man. can, you know.
1: Something like there's something about that guy. Uh, to quote Emma Stone in *Zombieland* about Bill Murray, he just tickles my funny bone. Yeah. That Don Rickles, I don't know, yeah, boy, something he's, about that guy. He's
0: funny, you know? yeah. You, you cannot deny old school funny.
1: Yeah, the rhythms, the Kate, and you talked about that on the. Uh, the macaw podcast didn't you i was listening to one of the episodes we were talking about humor and the cadences and the rhythms and sometimes it's just implied humor based on that i just
0: oh yeah it's all yeah
1: together for me so yes
0: no i i know what i remember what you're talking about but yeah like yeah. The, the idea that sometimes i was talking about dennis miller in that conversation and how sometimes the jokes are not even jokes they're just words it's in a Trinity. specific in a in a rhythm that makes it sound funny Ryan Reynolds in that movie, yes. Uh, yeah.
1: Listen to us on Blade Trinity on the Macaw Podcast Universe. I did. I thought it was great. I did too. Um, so sorry, our
0: own old conversation.
1: <laughs> I promise we're getting to dirty work here. Let's sink our teeth into this. This is a movie about a revenge for higher business. Uh, yes. I don't know if this was really a passion project as much as an opportunity for Norm. And well. Com-
0: the story goes that you know norm is on billy madison and and adam sandler goes to the producers like hey give norm a movie and they're like "Uh, okay all right it's funny because this movie opens with the you know it's like uh brad gray and robert simon's production in almost the exact same font if maybe it may be in fact the exact same font as billy madison and i was just like oh man this is like These are not. uh, They 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 look the same right in the beginning, but the you know they did not turn out the same. You know, I guess this does have its own like bit of a cult status now.
1: Yeah, I think I think a bit. Um, Any norm like vehicle, I think would have a. I would assume has a cult uh, following. Even uh, screwed probably has its. uh, I would hope its share of fans.
0: Previous episode. Go back and listen to that. We talked about it already.
1: But, uh, yeah, not to digress too much, but I miss, like, like the, the Judd Apatow-ness. Like, uh, we had an umbrella, and we had kind of like an MCU of comedy from, like, those, that early, mid-2000s. And we had the kind of like with this, with Adam Sandler and, the you know, Norm Macdonald, Rob Schneider, David Spade uh, homies movies, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I guess I kind of miss that, but it needs to be a new
0: batch of people that we you know dig yes i agree we we, we need some some younger faces New blood yeah fewer grown-ups and and more children
1: so yeah it's a jared does say here in the the wikipedia it has since become a cult classic has been reappraised more positively by some critics co-star Artie lang later became a regular on the howie stern yada yada where the film was sometimes discussed so I think it was revered by Howard Stern and perhaps Robin uh God love him. And uh this was just a year after Saget left America's Funniest Home Videos, if you can believe it. Like Mr. Squeaky Clean uh going to do dirty work, you know. Yeah,
0: it was I remember the It's so funny because this is like my perception was a little a little bit off, but like in the, at the same time it wasn't. Like the the um rodney dangerfield's 75th birthday Mm -hmm. was an hbo special wherein uh bob saget did a set uh, you know a stand-up set and then appeared in the roast at the end uh and i remember in that he does you know like more like dirtier material um and i remember feeling like at the time watching that being like he feels I feel like he's trying too hard to be dirty. It doesn't feel like it's genuine, and it turns out like no, Bob Saget has always been that way. It was just like once he really got off of Full House and America's Funniest Home Videos, he really did try to like shed that whole Danny Tanner, you yes. know vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just really early, and so yeah, this is another one of those things that's uh helps in that you know. Yeah. Um, redefining Bob Saget's uh, persona. It's not until Entourage that everyone's like, oh, OK, definitely. Um, Have you looked at any of the facts? These are
1: some fascinating things here. Uh, Chevy Chase apparently went on Howard Stern once again to discuss uh, the movie. He talked with Artie Lang about it a bit, but apparently the original script was really raunchy and R-rated. Do you yes, know anything I, about that?
0: I heard about that. Yeah, it was they, they shot it as an R rated movie and then it got like watered down to a PG thirteen movie.
1: The studio insisted, uh apparently there's a, a gag involving them delivering donuts that had been photographed around their genitals. <laughs> like like I imagine like their dicks are in the donuts or something like that, or like I don't know. But... I don't know raunchy very raunchy and uh i would I like would to have, see that uh, yeah that's I, I, I would, I would I, love to see the the <laughs>
0: the dirty cut of dirty work
1: it uh went up against godzilla which we saw in the theater we did not see dirty work in the theater uh did not like godzilla in the theater um still don't like that movie that i think that movie's a piece of
0: garbage and uh this movie's way better than godzilla <laughs> sorry i like movies like this because by no means is this like a good movie, you know like I, I mean that's a harsh statement to make, but like you know, in terms of like the quality of everything, yeah it's it, it's lower quality. But having said that, I love movies like this because it really does showcase the simplicity of like it, it, it's almost like a a better writing class than like a than a, an actual writing class because it's just like so formulaic and by the books and like to the page and outline like uh you know beat for beat like exactly how a movie should play out and it's just it's interesting like it was just like oh look at look at how easy it actually is to like like write a movie because there's some things in here where i'm just like the whole um trailer howard subplot like or, or, or like her character just like this is a very badly written Romance, you know, uh, character in general. But Agreed. it's just that easy. Like, look how easy it actually is, or it used to be.
1: I know. Um, it This is not a lesson in screenwriting structure but yeah i think it's a whole sum of its parts type deal when it comes to comedy writing that's why we come back to it it's just remember that scene and you remember that scene or how about the one where they're holding the fish in that long shot you just hear an entire shootout uh going on in the background one of my favorites in this whole thing
0: that's the uh that's the set piece of the movie that i (laughs) that i love the
1: most for sure and uh, the, like when it comes to comedies, especially of this ilk, this subgenre of comedy, which is, um, and I talk about Wet Hot being like this aggressively, knowingly stupid movie. I, I same deal. This is, like, same kind of uh, sauce that this movie's working with is like. I don't think they're they know that they're reinventing any wheel. I think they know that this is just a, a delivery system for Norm and company's stupid gags, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean that's exactly it's it's a vehicle it's in it's a vehicle for Norm McDonald. That's all it right. is. Uh decidedly so. And I think that maybe that's one of the things, you know, you just touched on the fact that it, like it's you know, kind of a dumb you know, intended intentionally dumb comedy mm-hmm. is the fact that like I don't usually there's something about norm Macdonald where you don't buy that he's like can play stupid you know mm. or just like that's why i feel like his character in screwed doesn't quite work and it it you know something about this is like a little bit off it's just like he's playing dumber than i think we can believe him to be as yeah never you know i suppose like um he definitely has to be
1: a, a mastermind in the dynamic. And and I guess he is, he isn't screwed. It just,
0: he does have those dumb moments. Um, like the best use of Norm Macdonald is like a, almost like to use Norm Macdonald in a role like Randall from clerks, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like a guy who just like is kind of lazy and doesn't care. And is like kind of a smart ass in that way yeah and 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 not so much like dumb and uh yeah i don't know i think
1: him as you're saying him as a randall would be like is like a perfect norm role yes is that what you're saying yeah Yeah, i agree like yeah sardonic kind of just like slacker type uh yeah totally totally especially
0: like an an adult slacker where it's like you're making Mm -hmm. a statement about the fact that he's kind of pathetic like that's what you do with norm or what should be done with norman and that's, that, to be fair, that's
1: kind of what we got, right, with the Norm sitcom. What was that yeah. about, really? He was like he, a 30-something slacker, wasn't he?
0: He was, uh, um, that was the one where he was like a former... God, it was like the general paper gambler, you know, was it? He was he was a former hockey player who, ah. or was that the was that the other show that he was on? <laughs> Fuck, I don't remember. Point being, he was basically you know real basic like Seinfeld. Yeah, you know, hangout
1: comedy mostly. Thing, where
0: basically, he w- he was sentenced to be a social worker. Basically, that's that's ah. the premise of it. Where he's like, he is forced to be a social worker as a way of avoiding jail time. Kind of like Jerry's Butler, you know. In that, it's not the, bad, but it, it's sad. Like that, it comes out after that se- season of Seinfeld, where it's just like <laughs> we kind of made fun of the fact that this is a dumb concept, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, let's do that dumb concept. Yeah. It's true. But, I, but um, I, I loved that show. I own the show on DVD. With it. Like I they, know. I
1: think I got it for you <laughs> for like a birthday or something. Um, they were talking about a sequel in May of 2021. Kevin Hart on his podcast, Comedy Gold Mines, praised the film's moments and innovations, to which Saget replied, you want to be in the sequel? We're making it. Hart said he would love to do a cameo without hesitation, declaring it to be one of his favorite movies of all time, and then McDonald died four months later in september 2021 essentially ending talks of a sequel followed soon after by sagat's death january 2022 yeah uh that one was super sudden i mean both of them were very well, sudden yeah both yeah were
0: pretty uh because we weren't privy to anything and yeah i mean but sagat's wasn't even like you know cancer or anything like that his was just that like, was just his heart just was just like i'm done Yeah, like
1: he hit his head and then he went to sleep and he didn't wake up. Was that essentially what happened?
0: Something like Like, that. Like, yeah, he was having like a like a little bit of chest pains or something like that. And then that whatever happened, lights out, lights out, rest
1: in peace, rest in peace, man. Both of them. Uh. Yes, absolutely. Um, see, I like this movie. I'll just say that before we get into the plot here, I think it's um, I think it's interesting that it's based on R- Vengeance's Mine, Inc. by Raul Dahl. Apparently, did you know that?
0: I mean, how much is it based on it, and how much right. is it just like, oh, that plot is oddly similar? And oops, I guess we st- <laughs> maybe Fred Wolf subconsciously stole a story that he remembered from a child, you know, being a kid. When a
1: band sometimes uh comes up with a melody and they have to pay or credit another artist because they're like, oh shit, that sounds just like you know this other Chumbawamba, and you know everybody's always getting their shit mixed up with Chumbawamba. So. Yeah,
0: I mean yeah, that's the problem. You get knocked down, you got to get up again.
1: <laughs> Speaking of which,
0: <laughs> that song's in this movie. That's probably. Oh I my god,
1: it. the, the uh... soundtrack of this movie. This
0: is one of those like soundtrack <laughs> comedies where it's just like, oh, it's just needle, you know, like oof there's no score to this movie it is just
1: no there is because i and the reason i is because i never noticed and I, I noticed now more than ever the score by the music by richard gibbs apparently oh yeah i don't think he's not the bg right he's that'd be gibb right i don't know uh <laughs> but he's he did uh no this is just a composer he did dr do little big mama's house uh queen of the damned first season of the simpsons um but I'm in this one, Bob Saget or somebody must've said, we want surf rock for this, uh, musical score. Any (laughs) music you come up with is surf rock. Um, so if you, and I know I talk about this stupid cartoon I make, uh, mostly for just my nephews, uh, uh, fart blocks. But in the most recent fart blocks, if you listen to the only song I compose for it, it is straight up a dirty work, instrumental surf (laughs) rock. It's like, bring, (laughs) like that you know that surf guitar and they play that sort of shit in like so many scenes in this when they're not playing like green day or uh you know if you like pina colada oh yeah
0: now i'm remembering the actual score but it's as if they wrote like like the composer wrote one two minute piece of music that they just keep
1: yep exactly it's like a pulp fictiony like surf rock it was in because of tarantino again
2: yeah
1: <laughs> um one more fact apparently one more about howard stern he was offered the role of satan and instead he he turned it down so adam sandler took it and yeah, that's wow. uh interesting uh, and
0: you know for a guy who was like Hey, you know, you guys need to make a movie with Norm. Norm's hilarious. Make a vehicle for Norm. And then he shows up in Norm's movie in what I feel is like the most half-assed attempt at doing anything funny. Like, I don't – I feel like this is the worst adam sandler has ever been in a movie <laughs> i agree and that's including little nicky where he's a pretty atrocious yes. like character he's
1: trying and that this he seems like drunk and he's like or hung over and he just shows up on set and does a little devil bit with cross eyes and just it's, it's bad
0: it's as if adam sandler like he's playing it as if he never evolved away from a billy madison type role like he's doing the basically the same thing he does in the fucking bathtub, which is like shampoo is better. Together we burn. What,
1: like what if now hear me out? What if he because he wasn't getting paid much and he was just doing this as a favor? There's different tiers of Adam Sandler performance you get from him, and this
0: is his lowest tier. This is this is oh. scale Sandler right here. Yeah, this is what you get when. I do, 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 do. Yeah, you know? he just resort to like the very first thing he ever did in comedy. Like, <laughs> like, you're not getting more than year one Adam Sandler. Uh,
1: that's how I'd like to think of it. Like, you don't, you didn't pay him enough for the good shit. You got terrible Sandler. Um, yeah. but uh, okay, so he, we get a voiceover.
0: It's um, it's, your favorite way to open a movie. Is, is and I'm trying to. <laughs> somebody's like, "Here's my life. This is how I grew up, and then yep. uh, I'm kind of fucked up now."
1: Yep. Just I'm trying to think if it sustains throughout the movie, and I don't believe it does. Uh, I think it just opens with the voiceover and then that's like he talks about the gags throughout his life and then catches us up to present. It's, day.
0: And that's it. It's the Happy Gilmore opening of just like, yes. here's my name. This is what I'm about. And this is how I've failed to get to this point in life. Exactly like Happy
1: Gilmore. Almost like cause, uh, in that one, you get old film during the opening credits of him as a kid. In this, you just get flashbacks. So it's him as a young boy. And he, there's a bully who approaches him. His name is uh, Norm's name is Mitch Weaver in the movie. Mitch Weaver, that's me. Yeah. Hey, don't I don't I look like a Mitch to you? <laughs> and this bully comes up and he asks for the milk money, and the young Mitch says, "I can't do that, Derek. I'm not sure you'll spend it on milk." And goes, that's me. And then uh, this chubby kid who goes up to him with the little curly head of hair, his name that's Sam. That's my lifelong best friend. I never had a dad growing up, so Sam's dad, Pops, filled in a little. He was a boxer, so like he gets his Which ass. Is true kid.
0: about Jack Warden. Oh, was that right? Jack Warden was a boxer at one point and then became an ah, actor yeah. after his boxing career ended. He's a uh, uh, stick, he stick him,
1: stick him, stick. Sometimes the best actors are like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, start up like Dennis Farina started as a cop. He's like, sure. yeah, hey, I'll do some acting. <laughs> and then he goes and he just kills it. But yeah, I'm going to uh, be
0: in the motion pictures now.
1: I think Jack Warden is so like, just his nat, just his voice is funny and his presence is hilarious.
0: Yeah. This this <laughs> gruff, masculine, old man presence. He's old, but he can still kick your ass and mm-hmm. he's gruff, like you know, a staple of a lot of him. He's in Great Muppet Caper, he's in Problem Childs One, Two, and Three. Yeah. Uh, he's in this one. I think he's uh,
1: great in uh twelve Angry Men. He's the guy who has to get he's got tickets to the game, he's gotta get out of there, he's got the tickets, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> you know? Um uh he's just uh, of course problem child. I think you already mentioned that, I'm oh. sure. But uh yeah, like he's just uh I don't know. I like Jack Warden, that's it. And I think
0: our generation yeah. likes Jack Warden too.
1: Yeah. Him and Bob Hoskins, we, we love, we, they live on in our hearts and our minds. Yeah. You know? Well,
0: Bob, Bob Hoskins has like, you know, some...
1: I'm afraid that, um, I mean, Roger Rabbit will always, I feel like we will always be there, but kids just don't appreciate Hoskins the way uh, millennials and uh, Xers uh, appreciate Hoskins.
0: Well, you know? I think it's hard to convince any generation but ours that Hook is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh and we like Hook and we like Roger Rabbit and uh yes. that's really all of the Hoskins that we had in our childhood when you think about it. We and Mario, Mario, Mario Bros. Ghost. Right.
1: Um Yeah, I feel like there was more, but those are the big ones. But they're such they're such big ones, you know. It's Even Dico's a big one. They were
0: one. always on repeat for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's why I like I feel like a wire or a z or an alpha I was just like yeah i saw super mario brothers once it was fine and uh hook oh, i saw once it was fine and i watched right, mario
0: brothers ironically once and yeah. and hook ironically once
1: <laughs> and roger rabbit was i guess i could appreciate like contextually if i was there really appreciating the cutting edge shit of it but i just want to slap this.
0: somebody in the <laughs> face at that point like shut it's fucking who framed roger rabbit you asshole yeah.
1: If you don't like Roger Rabbit, then we're, we're conversation over. You don't have right? a
0: soul. If you don't like Roger Rabbit, you don't have a but, soul. Um,
1: the the theme going back to Dirty Work in this voiceover, he's there's the theme that he keeps repeating. And I don't even know if it's so much of a theme. Is it just uh, his his ethos is I don't take crap from nobody. That's his this whole movie. Uh, take a drink every time he says, No, oh, I don't take crap from him. And yeah, that's his.
0: Uh, even his, though he does take the crap, and then he waits. And then does something later, you know, it, like it's not him, like standing up for himself immediately. Like you do kind right, of take crap, from, you <laughs> take crap from everybody and then, you know, <laughs> decide what to do after the fact. You're mm-hmm. like somebody who's just like, oh, I should have said that, except you actually go back and you say it.
1: Yeah. So as kids, they, they even use Jack Warden a little bit in their very first uh, dirty work, dare I say. Where they say, uh, young Mitch is like, hey, do you know where you, uh, your dad hides his guns? And they, he's like, don't worry, in the voiceover, as we see two young boys with guns planting them in the desk of uh, oh, the bully, God. it turns out, who asked for the milk money earlier.
0: Can, and can't he's like, do this. You wouldn't be able to do this now,
1: I don't think. Well, I don't know. like in a movie, you mean? Yeah.
0: I don't know. Maybe. Uh, eh, eh. Yeah. <laughs> It feels fine. like the kind of thing that could actually show up in an Adam McKay movie, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like kids handling
1: weaponry. I don't know. That seems like a- and framing them. Like it's just all about tone, I guess. But um, they planted the gun there to so see you get in trouble. Like this is strap yourselves in, guys. This is the kind of humor we're getting in this movie. Is uh, we're we're planting guns in desks. Uh, there's some dark shit ahead.
0: Basically, like, if you love Jim Halpert, you're gonna love Dirty Work. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So the kid gets busted. He's like, "We always did stuff like that. Get back at people who messed with us." Like there was this crossing guard who used to grab all the kids' asses. Back then, people weren't on the lookout for that kind of thing. It's really gross too to see like this, you know, pervy. Obviously, this pervy dude. They cast the right dude. He's grabbing kids' butts willy nilly, and uh, that's he's like that's where the super glue came in. And it's young Mitch. He's got his ass uh, glued so the guy's hand gets stuck. He's like, look everybody, he's grabbing eight year olds' asses, and that's how he rats them out. Um, you know, like. It goes on, like, there's a Doberman that would chase us, so they got a huge German shepherd, like his cousins, who also happened to be gay, and yeah. they cut to humping the other one. There's a lot of gay jokes in gay this. Gay
0: animals. Well, it was the 90s, Every, you know. Yeah. yeah. There's gay, yeah, gay I mean, jokes and everything in the 90s, for Christ's sakes.
1: Yeah, he shaves like the panic bearded too. lady, which
0: I, I think that's the best gag in it, is that he just, like, they just shave so the bearded lady's face. <laughs> it's just funny to me that just, like... They don't even, it's not even clever. They're just like, let's shave her face and get rid of, like, I don't know. Uh, I I feel like
1: that little person could have just done that himself, couldn't he?
0: Right. That's another reason why it's funny to me is because they don't do anything of real value. They just kind of like, here's what I I just remember how, like, they really,
1: how obvious they wanted to make it. Like, did we get the message across that they shaved her face and that she's upset by this? Because if you recall, if we're getting there, she wakes up. She doesn't have a beard. She panics. Cut to her running outside of her trailer with her signage outside. And the little person on a ladder is spraying out the bearded in the bearded lady. And then... You know, as if that wasn't enough, he says, "No beard." <laughs> that's like, <laughs> like, okay. I think we get it.
0: Like, we get it that she has no I think beard. The simplicity is is right. I mean, I hate to anyway. You know... I don't know why I put that at the beginning. I for some reason I was thinking that that was something they did before opening the business, and that's not at all oh, right. that happened. Yeah, that's an uh, actual client that they get later.
1: Right. We're we're still at them as kids. Um, but uh not really though like those were the days and then like it cuts to him present day he's a pizza delivery guy and since this is the 90s they're doing that 30 minutes or less uh, which cliche. by 1998
0: no pizza place this was that's really an 80s thing honestly like it ended like early. I'll tell
1: you I'll tell you what movie put the rightfully put the nail in the coffin and it was Spider-Man 2 and it's when, as soon as Peter gets fired and he rips off that sticker from his helmet, that's when they they put a moratorium on the thirty minutes or less. Uh, I,
0: I believe the pizza that you can't that, do it anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: When Toby Maguire says pizza time, we know that's it. It's pizza that's time's so over for the rest of the world. Two
1: thousand four let it be known rest in peace the 30 minutes or less and i know there's a movie called 30 minutes or less but like that movie doesn't exist <laughs> with jesse eisenberg and is he's on that movie doesn't exist is it
0: a period piece
1: uh no Mm-mm. well then that's stupid <laughs> that i'm like Jer, i'm telling you it doesn't exist that movie. it doesn't
0: it's another yeah <laughs> movies that don't exist it's a good podcast i like it you should have your own sub show
1: Hey, maybe, as if I don't have enough on my <laughs> Yeah, a couple more podcasts. Yeah, why maybe not? Another show or two. But he shows up, and it's that classic um, dickhead at the door. It says, you took 32 minutes. So close, and yet so far. And he's like, give me a break. The pizza comes out of my paycheck. Doesn't seem fair, does it? Slams the door in his face. So we find out a little hint about, like, Norm's character in the next scene. Goes back to his boss and like puts the like basically says that the customer who slammed the door in his face said, If you want the money for this pizza, you tell Aldo and the rest of those sweaty Italian fruits to come down and get it from me <laughs> themselves.
0: Like he's a pathological liar if he's in he a tight is. spot. He really is. It's more than more than not taking crap from anybody. He he I, I lie a lot and it works to my favor. He's a real um,
1: speed operator, this guy. But there's also really.
0: there's also something very 90s. Like, I feel like just the use of the term fruit
1: so much in this. You hear it like four or five times like, hey, what's up, fruity? He says to Christopher it's, McDonald at the end. It's so weird. It's like, yeah, like, I don't like
0: like, you know, I mean, it's better than the other F word. But
1: still, yeah, sure. it, it,
0: you know, it's more just like an odd choice that we would use. Like, why we does fruit cake mean gay? You know, I don't know. It used to be a thing. And I
1: like I think they broke it down in another show I was listening to because they were like, what is that? It's, um, you know, it was a term used for like someone who is like insane. And then I guess they applied that to homosexuals because it was one and the same for so many years to the fucking homophobic uh, public. But uh, yeah, the whole fruit thing stupid but yeah um anyway the, the boss says um none of the pieces places is like none of the pieces places have it anymore he's like you think we should drop the 30 merit guarantee
0: like, then you should take off your shirt because you don't work here anymore get the fuck out of here he gets fired and has to walk home in a white t-shirt now i love this
1: were you sorry were you gonna say something no keep going okay i love this next scene okay this is the classic like if it wasn't one cliche with the pizza 30 minutes or less thing and i got fired it's a terrible day here comes another it's coming home to find your girlfriend throwing your shit on the lawn and dumping your ass what i love it's the
0: the classic comedy morning breakup that happens (laughs) yeah yeah it's the dumping of the shit on the lawn it's another thing. It's like very much like, and it's odd that Big Daddy comes out after this because it also has this beat in the beginning of the movie where the girl's just like, "You're just kind of a loser, and I can't take it anymore. I'm dumping exactly.
1: you." Exactly, exactly. Kind of, they learn from the the school of Sandler scripts, but. Um, the girlfriend i love this this is the 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 part i love the most just for a storytelling economy's sake he doesn't have to come home and tell her that he got fired because as she's throwing the shit out on the lawn she says i've had it uncle aldo called he told me he fired you (laughs) and i love that the boss is calling his girlfriend or maybe it's his niece like because it's uncle aldo to tell him about. Like the firing. So it's like, just so you know, so when he comes home, I want you to be throwing the stuff on
0: his lawn already. <laughs> like, just for the sake of economy and storytelling. I feel like even if I did my niece a favor and hired her boyfriend, I probably would not be calling her if I had to fire his right. ass. Like, I w- yeah. like, Like no, I don't need to call you. But classic comedy character. Unless it's like, up. listen, I think he's got a real drug problem and you should maybe look into getting <laughs> him some help then yeah. you call, then you call her, but otherwise it's just like, no, he was fucking late with his pizzas, and he pathologically lies and told I, me that they, they called listen. me a fruit
1: al don't wanna get al don't wanna get involved in this, okay Al don't wanna get involved in this al, al
0: don't wanna get involved
1: <laughs> uh he's she's like so classic comedy fuck up she says this is your fourteenth job in the past three months. I can't take it anymore. And he's, uh, you know, trying to sweet talk her very much like the happy Gilmore start, you know, Uh, I'm a fuck up. I'm trying to sweet talk my way back into uh, my relationship. And she's had it, you know, I got to change. I'm in my 30s. So he's like, what about my popcorn machine? And she throws it and it's like it breaks. And He
0: apparently carries that all the way to his buddy's house. Who's doing God knows what, who just like walks up to his own house. He's like, hey, what's going on, buddy? I'm (laughs) And he's, like, <laughs> they dress him like a fucking, like, he's always wearing a, a, a horizontally striped polo that's, like, a size too small for his actual body. And yeah. the horizontal stripes just make him look even fatter than he actually is. He's, uh, they dress him like a a nine-year-old, like,
1: overweight kid in a, like, kids movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah
0: like again it's another situation where like it feels like these characters should be younger and i don't know i guess i just
1: yeah uh, so norm's uh, there and he wants to stay with him and his dad for a while he's got nowhere else to go and of course it's like i'm not gonna turn away my best friend he's gonna, what, he's gonna sleep in his car come on
0: and, uh, a she takes him inside yeah, pop is man. watching the one exercise video he seems to ever watch <laughs> such a
1: like cliche pervy old man watching women's aerobics in there you know they're they're spandex and he's getting I wonder, off
0: i wonder if it would have been porn in like an r-rated version if he's just sitting there like watching, watching, porn. watching porn casually when <laughs> anyone can walk <laughs> in the room I that's like pretty that funny more. yeah funny this is uh like how
1: you doing, uh be doing a lot better if you brought me a whore. Which is like his like so much whore talk in this movie too. Like Norm seems kind of obsessed with whores in his comedy.
0: Like I, I think he Whores. Do, it, it seems to me like it's more just the word whore makes him like laugh whore. like whores. <laughs>
1: um I remember two of my favorite bits is just like you can tell he put zero effort into them, but like he came on to like, Conan or Len, maybe Leno, and he did two bits. One was a Rock of Love parody, where he, like, basically just, like, shot it in, like, a garage, and like, in front of, like, a garage door, and he, like, wore a Brett Michaels, like, do-rag and fake wig, and, like, basically no one else, like, he didn't even cast, like, the women, like, <laughs> that he's supposed to, like, Brett Michaels supposed to be talking to and addressing, because he's parodying the scene where he chooses, like, You know, and like, I choose you. Here's the rose. You, you know, you advance to the next round. But like, basically, he was just like admonishing these not there off screen, like contestants, where he's all like, You're all just dirty, dirty whores. And uh, just like, just going on about how whorish they are. There was that. But the one that really tickled me was Norm Plus One. Do you remember that? Is that the one with his son? Yeah, yeah. It was a. It was his. It was like it was his ten second parody of like uh, John and Kate plus eight. If you remember that, the octo. Not right. The octomom, but like they had uh, eight yeah, kids. Yeah, it was the octomom. No, octomom was different from Kate oh. Gosselin. Was um, it someone yeah. else with eight kids? Yeah, yeah. Jesus that's Christ, great. I know. The world, but um, Yep. Yeah. Uh, procreation. <laughs> uh, but um, it was Norm Plus One. It was like, you know, the parody of, oh, I have eight kids. You should make a reality show. His was I have one son and he's like 20. So it's like it's just it was him in like his hotel room. And there was like a stationary camera that he obviously set up himself <laughs> with his son who was just hanging out with him. And he goes, uh, here's a clip from Norm Plus One. So like at the opening they they do like a parachute with a bed sheet and it's like it's a crazy life. But and this ours. Goes, but it's ours, Norm plus one. <laughs> and then it just cuts to them in the hotel. He's like, What are you you got uh, you got school today? Like, yeah, yeah. You, you got uh, you got homework? You got homework today? You got homework due? It's like, no. Alright. And then just like a cut, that was it. Like the mundane the mundanity of having one child and who yeah. was twenty was Very the good. bit. Like and I know I overexplained it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's not as funny, but uh we're remembering him, so um anyway, back to this. Um he, he so anyway, all this to say Jack Warden is obsessed with whores, there's a lot of whore talk. But um, he subscribes to a magazine. It's, uh, I think, it's very specific, very much like a Billy Madison. It's like geriatrics and like oh, old it's like younger Im- women impotent,
0: impotent old men and. Yes. And I don't really know. <laughs> right.
1: So already. He's got to go fix Norm's flat. He's like, I got to go get a jack, because even though they don't have they don't have a jack. So he has to go get a jack. He's I, like, I, stay I, with my dad for a little while.
0: It's funny. Like, actually, that's what happens. Like, Artie's just like, well, I took a look at your car. It's a pretty nasty flat, but I think I can fix it. What are you fixing? You're replacing a. T- <laughs> you don't fix a nasty flat.
1: Yeah, he just switched the tire. He, you know,
0: you buy a new fucking easy. tire. Like, are you doing yeah. that, Artie? I think I, a radio? I think I can afford you a new tire. Like, that's what he needs to say
1: yeah you know what sucks is you can't like if you get a new radial you and you don't get a new rim which is why would you unless you really damage the rim it's hard to just take off the radial yourself and just put it on you have to take it to a place you know Mm. like unless you know somebody who can like i don't i like to get the crowbar and to like yank the radial off of the rim i can't do that but like it sucks because i'd like to you know what i mean
0: I've only ever gotten one flat tire. Oh, I've gotten a
1: few in the last few years, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Just, just, in, yeah, you sounded sincere when you said that. Too. I'm sorry, I, 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 did, I did mean that. I was like, oh, that's. Uh sorry. No, it was um like a couple months ago. Yeah, just because where I park, if you if you know anything about the town of Cicero, the streets um I believed are are paved in yeah. In my according my broken glass. This ah, is according to my notes. I think that's uh yeah, they're they paved in broken glass in Cicero. Uh,
0: I remember when they switched from uh, baby bones to to broken yeah. glass to help save. So
1: basically, they they should build that into my paycheck. And they should have a tire plan at my work.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, anyway, uh, where are we with this movie? I feel like I'm going really micro here when I should be going a little more macro here. So yeah, me...
0: so uh, he's, you know, Artie yeah. goes to do whatever the fuck and uh, Pops has the heart attack, like, right there. Yes. Uh, and he's in the hospital and that's when we meet Chevy Chase, who is the the main doctor who is funny in a very doing with very little, you know, there's not Mm. a lot to the role. Um, In fact, I I remember like always, well, we'll get to it later, but like there's one beat that always all and still like makes me laugh pretty hard when I see it. Um, Um,
1: I love his, uh, now there's two hats on a hat here. Okay. One is the fact that Chevy chase, has a gambling problem and don't get me wrong i love this about his little progression like every time they see him he's more hurt like he yeah you know, like the, uh, the
0: the the loan sharks have beaten him a little bit further that's something to put his,
1: sink his teeth into and you got to give chevy something to sink, sink his teeth into otherwise he's probably going to not going to show up or he's just going to phone it in um but uh, the hat on the head is that he owes bookies. When really, like, really, the end game is we we should pay for this heart transplant. Why do we have to pay to fund Chevy Chase's gambling problem? Because he's the doctor. You know what I mean? It should just be as something as straightforward as we have to pay the hospital bill. You know?
0: Honestly, none of it makes sense because it is like giving this doctor fifty thousand dollars when that's not how it works at all. Right. So, but again, that's like again, why I appreciate it. like look, a movie this simple and stupid in plot that really makes no sense when you break it down even just a little bit was a motion picture, a vehicle for a comedy star and it shows you look how easy it could actually be. <laughs>
1: um the other thing I wanted to say is the whole secrecy of um the brother subplot, the thing that Jack Warden had an affair with Norm MacDonald's mom and so uh, they're half brothers, right? right? That's basically what's going on. Um, and it, so Jack Warden's like, "Don't tell Artie Lang this. I'll tell you this, Norm, but don't tell Artie." And that like you have to keep it a secret for the majority of the movie. Like that is such
0: a that that I don't need that. It's it's really fucking dumb because he's like, I don't want him to think that he's been lied to all of his life. Well, first of right. all, lied to both of them all of their lives. Why are you OK with one and not the other? Why is why would he be so broken if he learned this? Truth? Right. They're, they and are brothers. And he's practice. not really that broken.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just so like, well, we need some drama in this movie. Like, yeah. cause we're screenwriters. So that's what we do. And that's like they came up with that shit, you know? fred wolf uh i know this guy believe it or not the guy who co-wrote joe Joe dirt is not the best strongest uh screenwriter or strange wilderness see that episode uh that we did for this podcast but um uh, this is probably one of his best frankly and i'm actually a joe dirt fan
0: yeah i don't i don't dislike (laughs) joe dirt i've never saw the second one i'm sure it's hot trash. oh god oh no thank you but um that's why that's how i feel like why i'm like uh, for, forgive the the crudity of this but like it's almost good that Norman Bob Saget both died before making dirty work 2 because like that would not have been good. Nothing about that would have been good. It would have been Joe Dirt 2. It would have been any of I'm those. I'm afraid
1: you're right. It would have been like just looking at the trailer you would have been like okay the the, the lighting looks this looks like a streaming title. Uh, yeah. Because they they haven't quite nailed that especially when it comes to and I, I think the model that I compare it to to single it out, sorry, is probably Coming to America. That that new one, the sequel. You know, they're trying to they're trying to capture that Coming to America uh, energy. Is it Coming to America too, or Coming know, to I America? I think it's
0: Coming to America.
1: They're trying to capture that. And to be fair, I didn't watch it, but I did see the trailer, and I was like, this doesn't even feel aesthetically like the uh, like. You know, something's stream, wrong here. Streaming
0: yeah. movies look terrible. For, they yeah, just, they mostly they, do. They really mostly look terrible. Yeah, agreed. Even the biggest they, budgets ones. Still, it's just the way that they have to shoot them for whatever fucking, you know, like having to shoot it in like 8K or whatever, you know. Yeah. It, uh,
1: Preach. Like, you're right. Some of the highest budget fucking movies.
0: F- I feel like Christopher Nolan right now. Like, Are some of the ugliest
1: by the way, like no, I have i um, I'm excited. I'll just say this: I'm excited to hear um, that he may be doing not one but two Bond movies. If we're oh. talking Nolan, that's the rumor. Um, I've, I've not heard that, but okay. And what an exciting time to jump on is is. And this would be the time that Nolan would jump on. It's not mid franchise reboot, like not mid Craig. It would be the start of something new because right. Nolan is a ceremonious kind of guy, you know. Yeah uh so i'm excited but uh having said all that i have a bet going with micah i said this is uh the next nolan movie is going to be bond that's my bet uh ten dollars he says no i think he got bond out of a system with tenant and perhaps even like inception to a certain degree and i'm like eh, we'll see that's uh i respect uh, your 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 decision and we'll, I, we'll uh,
0: see. I will not be taking any side on that i have no idea
1: I hope I'm right just so we can get a Nolan Bond movie, really. But um, And to get $10. I want those
0: $10. I could, I could definitely use <laughs> <lose>
1: $10. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was going to break this movie down by like... Pranks, right? Well I've already kind of cocked that up because earlier they did the popcorn in the uh engine. Like it's almost like the banana in the tailpipe, speaking of Eddie Murphy. Bit,
0: yeah, the, the, the popcorn, popcorn in the engine is like yes. utilized multiple <laughs> times in this movie. The signature to of Dirty War. To the point where it, it feels like did you think this was a much funnier joke and your callback to it is like, oh, we're all gonna be like chef's kiss? Because it doesn't play like that at all. Especially when it's not clear,
1: it's the part that's coming up uh, around the midpoint <clears throat> when they realize maybe this revenge for hire business isn't quite uh, going to uh, work out the way we think. <laughs> this unethical revenge for hire business. When they, um, they go to jail... After they they put they do the the popcorn in the engine bit with some bulldozers because uh, this lady comes to them and says I want you to stop them from destroying my my building and they have a trail of kernels leading straight to back to their storefront and the cops say either this is the dumbest act of crime ever or it's a trap and it is the dumbest act of crime ever but it's like that whole sequence is not clear it's just so rushed and weird they end up in jail in the next scene and you're just like what. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? It's the most confusing rush part of the movie. Yeah. Again, look how easy it was.
0: It didn't have to even
1: work. It didn't have to make sense. You talk about it, Jer, as if this movie was a slam dunk, but it didn't do well at the box office at all. Or, no, like, I'm, I'm saying,
0: I'm saying now, look how great it is to have a movie that is this, that that was and is a cult classic. Uh huh. That is really like a poorly written movie. Like I just, oh, okay. I, I, I like, sorry, it because like, <laughs> this would be more heavily scrutinized and, and well, first mm-hmm. of all, this movie would not get made. You know, it would go straight to streaming and it would look like crap and no one would watch it.
2: Yeah, so, yeah.
0: There's just something about it that's refreshing. Like, look, it's a, like a a shitty 90s comedy that's really just like plays the beat of every kind of cliche comedy script. You know, like. How many of them have some, it's like some schlub who like wants to impress a girl or like loses the favor of a girl and like has to either get a new girl or get that girl back. It's like, all this is stupid. I find it, like I really find it fucking dumb and tedious when it's always about a schlub getting a girl. Like mm-hmm. how many fucking shitty comedies are about schlubs getting girls?
1: Right. That's, that's, I guess that's the human condition is uh, being a schlub and getting the girl. Or right. getting
0: fifty thousand dollars for a heart transplant <laughs> slash bookie payoff.
1: So the first thing they try to do is is get legit jobs. They try to do a I love this construction site job. The guy comes up, he tries to use like terminology on them and like they're like uh like ninety degree, like I don't even know what he says. Uh um, ninety
0: degrees, that's gonna that's gonna be tricky. <laughs>
1: He's like, cause we lied on our resume, you see. He's like, you're fired, like obviously. And then uh, they they do uh, test subjects like hallucinogenic
0: brownies. Uh, yes, that's that's where we get the. Well, well, they just have you know he has a reaction, mm. and Artie Lang does not. I do like that joke too. Like that. Well, like yeah. So they they become test subjects for the brownies. Artie's shoving him in his mouth. Norm takes a tiny bite and gets hives and hallucinates. And that's when we get the devil cameo. But I love the like. The beginning of that moment is like, just, hey, I think I feel a slight itch. (laughs) No, never mind. Must be my imagination. Just something so on the nose and stupid. It's like just as good as the prank that they pull in the movie theater, which we get to shortly.
1: Yes, that's like that's their next job, is in a movie theater. And then Don Rickles uh, shows up to play Mr. Hamilton, their boss, basically just to call Artie Lang fat and to briefly make fun of Norm MacDonald and to tell them this is a big night for us in the theater, particularly me. Uh, we have people like inspectors coming to look at the theater, so... If you fuck this up, I will end you like I'll make sure you don't work anywhere, not just in, like, the, at like at the movie theaters. So I guess this guy has some pull. And um, so the other workers, this is where they get the inspiration for the revenge for higher business, really, because the the co-workers at this theater, like I can't afford to lose my job. But I'll tell you what, if you, you know, teach him a lesson, I'll give you 10 bucks. He's like, I'll give you 20. They're like, OK, and then somehow, we don't explain this, but they get a male, you know, a gay porno called Men in Black who like to have sex with each
0: other. That's... <laughs> oh, I love that so much. And
1: I, like, I know, like, I hate to danceplain, but I was watching it with Katie, and she's... I don't need to danceplain anything to her when it comes to most comedy, but I feel like I want to. I was like, it's just so lackadaisical everything about this
0: porno. I know! It's like the worst! Who would ever want to watch this like even if you watch porn for the story it's just like this is a terrible story hey that alien looks like a hot guy yeah we better have sex with this <laughs> the
1: most contrived sex scenes the most boring like stilted dialogue it doesn't even sound like and all we do is we we see the audience in the theater watching basically the setup is norm and Artie are in the projection room and they change men in black to men in black who like to have sex with each other apparently it's a movie in this universe that exists and they play it for the inspectors and everybody and kids and everyone and and as jer said it's just like we just hear the voices of tommy lee the the analogs of tommy lee jones and will smith just like yeah i guess we better have sex with each other like just like totally like it feels like it, it feels
0: like a south park joke you know like yeah yeah it feels like something you would hear in like on the tv of a south park episode
1: right Reminds me, uh, if anything, the, the gay cowboys eating pudding uh, at the film festival uh, <laughs> yeah. episode, which was uh, funny because that was years before Brokeback. And, like, yeah. really, like, there that was gay cowboys. And I think they might even eat pudding in that fucking movie <laughs> at one point.
0: I don't know, it's man. Crazy. Uh, somebody somebody was just like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do that for real.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> My name uh, is
0: Ang Lee, and I'm going yeah. to do that. We, we did uh, because... His brother is one of the guys who offers to pay Norm McDonald money. We did skip over the yes. the Chris Farley uh, cameo or the first portion of it mm-hmm. uh, where they are hanging out in a bar and they're trying to forget you it. Know, they got better than Ezra playing on the jukebox. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a great song that one is. Uh, are you being sincere? <laughs> I actually legit like <laughs> I that song. I, 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 I genuinely like that song. But at the same time, it is like sitting around the house, like
1: just 90s vocals terrible, are can be dicey, man. Yeah.
0: I, I've listened to it a lot lately mm-hmm. as I've been kind of like playing 90s alternative, like on loop at work, just nonstop. Cool. Cool. I say. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not a good song, but it's a good song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but i i was on uh just to, i'll say one thing a song that's objectively good and i wonder if you agree I, I bet i'm sure you do i hope is objectively good but is so dumb and annoying to me is um collective soul whoa, whoa! whoa! heaven your light shine down, down. Oh yeah.
0: Do, 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 do. yeah. Yeah. I hate um, that part. I fucking hate that part. Right? Oh. Like you're right. I, it Liz, is like the most annoying song that you can't help but love.
1: But it's objectively like instrumentally, melodically pretty good. Um, I, I like to joke and say that when he goes, whoa, it's him looking at the biggest elephant at the zoo. And they just captured him. <laughs> his
0: soundbite looking at the zoo. <laughs> you know, when you get him in front of something, when, when he's in awe. It's the most melodic awe that you've ever heard from somebody.
1: Whoa! Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, um.
0: That song was written by AI. That's why we hate it and it works. Yeah. (laughs) It's written by AI.
1: (laughs) That's right. So they show men in black who like to have sex with each other, and the the they stampede out of the theater and they crush Don Rickles and the and the guys who inspect it go you're you're done and they step on his stomach
0: as they walk away. Yeah, he really he, he really takes it. Oh, but hey, I'm sorry, we no, we got past. This oh again. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, we Chris, were just, yeah, Farley. Chris Farley's got a nice little uncredited, I believe, cameo in this movie, um, mm-hmm. or somebody's uncredited in this case. There's a few uncredited, I think. Um, where, yeah, he's like this buddy of his, this neighborhood buddy of his, who's had his nose bitten off by a Saigon whore. So there you go. There's your first whore in the movie is the The Saigon whore who bit his nose off. Um, they get into this bar fight because, um, Artie Lang is hitting on some girl who's way out of his league and he has no, you know, sense of his place in the world um and these frat guys who are like way too old to be in college uh start a bar fight with them and then they get their revenge on the frat guys by this is the like the strangest again something poorly written cuz this is what happens they're like they we're going to they they call up the frat house and the guy the frat oh, guys yeah, are partying yeah. and they're like oh we just kicked these guys ass oh you should have seen it it was awesome and then he's just like Oh, yeah, that's great. Hey, listen, there's these guys walking around dressed as cops, uh, but they're not really cops. So don't trust them, you know, like whatever. And then the real cops show up to respond to a noise complaint. And then the frat guys start beating up the cops. Now, Norm and Artie get themselves into cop uniforms when they absolutely do not have to at all. Like the police are literally going to arrest all of the frat guys for starting the fight with them. So, like, what is the point of them getting themselves involved other than to be like, hey, we're the ones who did this to you. Ha ha. Now <laughs> you've got a reason to be mad at us some more.
1: Yeah, basically. It is. I was like. Yeah, I was explaining that as because we were kind of pay, paying half. We were cooking dinner. And I was like, so they just called the cops. There or the frat guys dress is it's just like it's there's really like, complicated, you there's, know.
0: There's one or two steps. to They didn't need to rent uniforms. They didn't even need to get themselves involved. They could have just had <laughs> the cops arrest them and been like, "Good, <laughs> fuck them. That's it." The most
1: egregious for me is the live TV commercial scene with David uh,
0: Koechner. Oh, that's a <laughs> that's a contrivance if ever I've.
1: <laughs> you yeah. know those
0: live TV commercials you see all the time on, uh, on the, yeah. You the know tube? when you, you know when you're watching like an afternoon movie, yeah, on television because you know like and those are always good movies that you're watching at like CBS <laughs> at two <laughs> p.m. Uh-huh. and then you know they have a nice two minute live commercial in the middle of <laughs> yeah that happens all the time.
1: <laughs> live commercials, it's just like such a, a bad idea. And so like contrived for the movie, but that I know we're jumping around. But so at the bar scene, you're talking about one of the best gags is the pina colada. Like when they're getting their asses kicked by the frat guys, Chris Farley wants to play uh, Street fighting Man by Rolling Stones. He hits G7. He thinks he hits G7 on the jukebox. He hits G8. It's if you like pina coladas while they're getting their asses kicked. It's hilarious. Um, and, but before that they meet, he meets, uh, her name is
0: trailer, trailer, trailer Howard. Yeah. From trailer Howard, me, myself, and Irene's trailer Howard, right? she Also two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, that's right. Trailer Howard. Who is Um, actually mm -hmm. like decent in two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Like she's got a character who's got something to her. And like mm-hmm. in this and me myself and Irene she's just like the the girl or like the ex what it's just under you un, un unused I don't know just yeah. she's nothing she's nothing in either of these mm-hmm. movies and she's just so nothing in this movie that I'm like I don't know she could do better
1: Trailer Howard sorry I'm reading her bio here she uh apparently she she had to come most I'm just reading most recently she kind of had to. Uh, she does Monk, and they're still doing Monk stuff, actually. They're making a Monk new Monk movie, actually, for Peacock. But um, she had to come forward and defend Al Franken because um, she went on the U.S.O. tour with him, like around the time that he got uh, metooed, you know, or like that photo surfaced of him, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, she defended him. So um, I yeah. just think that's interesting that she had to come forward and kind of testify or what not officially but uh for al franken
0: i don't know that she had to maybe yeah yeah i guess we'll move on let's move yeah let's move yeah you don't really have to defend somebody who's like kind of up against any kind of sexual allegations i'm looking at you ashton and mila
1: uh well they're in the news yeah um no comment on that but i will i read i read their letters and i saw their apology it just everything's going to shake out the way it'll shake out, I just no comment from me really. It's just like
0: maybe just keep your mouth shut in general.
1: I don't know, like <laughs> I, if they even if they did or didn't, I feel like eventually people are like, hey, wait a minute, weren't those guys like really tight and then like like go for them somehow? You know, I don't know, maybe that's just me. Uh, but like, and I'm not right. the biggest, I'm not the biggest Ashton and Mila fan, but um, no, I'm not either. They seem yeah. like uh, whatever rich <laughs> elitists. No, I don't know.
0: Mm. I don't know. I don't want to say anything. All
1: right. Yeah, oh, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, let's – okay. So um, here's what I don't get. Like, okay, so this is like – and you know this is why they're inspired to do something and it's a light bulb moment because the camera pushes in on Norm's face after all the, the ushers congratulate them on a job well done and give them their money. It's like you oh, should do this for a living.
0: That's that student Oscar getting into Bob Saget being like, I, I got some camera moves.
1: He got a student Oscar. What is this?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like Bob Saget oh. actually like has like a student Oscar for something like a short that he made, mm. you know, when he was younger. Interesting. He's got I, a cre- he's got like some cred like a little bit of film cred like
1: a prior a to the student
0: Oscar cred. Yeah, he made a short that won something of some significance. I don't know.
1: All right, I have a student Golden Globe. It's not as good. No, I don't. It was. Just, I have a a a student's choice award. <laughs> is it a small uh, surfboard? Yeah. A great. Yeah, it's a it's tiny great. surfboard. You can't. Your cat can maybe. You know, a, a cat it,
0: can. It's a baby surfboard. It's a it's a wakeboard is what it is. It's just you have yeah. to hold on to it in the front. You know. Uh-huh.
1: Um, did you get Did you get slimed? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. But like afterward, yeah. I asked them, I'm like, can you can you <laughs> slime me?
1: And they're like, I
0: guess. I mean, you know, yeah. like when they go to the other room where all the press is like mm-hmm. asking them questions. So what's it like to win this surfboard? And you're like, I just want to get slimed. Will you
1: guys slime me? I've not gotten slimed. I thought we were at it the d- kids. choice. I'm somewhere. sorry.
0: I don't mean to be rude and to not answer your question, but I was told I was going to get slimed out there. Why? What are they? That's why did I even come here? Does that happen at the after party, or should I?
1: <laughs> Which anyway? Uh, so they they here's what I don't understand. So Artie Lang's uh, off screen sister lends them out about twenty five hundred dollars, maybe two thousand. Right? That's because that's what he says. They buy a storefront, or <laughs> rent out a storefront space but and he says we spent most of the money that my sister gave me to to get this space and it's like a that's never going to like this their sign costs a couple grand you yeah.
0: know <laughs> and b you guys could just do this out of your apartments like why are or your house why are you doing this it's the same reason you have that that uh the eBay store in 40 year old virgin it's like <laughs> you got to know I guess to look legit it's just like, what are your overheads? To quote
1: the the how flight of the How much was the lease on this storefront alone? <laughs> like, I just don't get it. I thought you guys were supposed to raise money, not spend money. Like, you just you just spent a big lump sum of money just to to get this place. So how about I don't get, get a it.
0: client before you have a building?
1: Yeah. Uh, so eventually, the, their first one is, um, gosh, what is their first client? It's um. It's not the little person because that that comes later. That's the next one. It's the oh, it's the live TV commercial. That's how they get free advertisement. and then the little person comes, and the the bearded lady, right, right? So he catches up with trailer. She comes to their business, like to catch up with Norm. She well, likes they, him. you know they
0: have a they have a beat at the bar earlier wherein mm-hmm. uh, Norm happens to be watching a commercial that features Christopher McDonald's character. Oh, nice. uh Christopher Mcdonald kicking ass as always yes, um and i I think it's just so funny the react because he's he you know Christopher Mcdonald is a a, a well to do uh a businessman who treats himself with a certain amount of respect and and, and propriety you know or, or properness and and, and Norm McDonald gleans from watching him in this interview. Like, you know what I love about him? He's, he doesn't take crap from anybody. Like, I know. <laughs> that is not the way that this character is coming off. He's coming off as a pompous douche. And you're like, ah, man, that guy doesn't take crap from anybody. How are it's, you interpreting that?
1: It, like, take a drink. He said it. He did the take crap. Don't take crap from anybody thing. It's just, he's shoehorning that in there. Uh, <laughs> I guess wherever he can in this. And like, it, yeah, it's that it's clear, like, well, the villain has to represent uh, what, the, what the hero wants to be, at least at first. And he, you know, sees the dark side of it. But, like, it's so... Every, like, everything... All the screenwriting moves in this, like, structurally, are just so, like, obvious or just... You know, the, the, obviously this is not a movie that... The, that's not the merits of this movie. Why would it be, you know? Right. So... You know i guess you just have to not pay as close attention to that stuff but um he does like trailer when she catches up with him she says um i work over here at phillips motors and uh my boss is a real asshole." and you get to see that firsthand when you know david Keckner shows up outside and he says uh get your ass in here you know that that classic boss in movies get your ass back in here like like that language flies in the Another 90s. thing
0: that oddly enough I feel like uh, Spider-Man 1 kind of like puts a puts a stamp on is like yeah. excuse me miss watson
1: <laughs> that movie I feel like Sp- that Spider-Man 2002 and Spider-Man 2 Exist in like the 90s or like 80s. They do, yeah. They do. Somehow they were made much later. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I, but you get. They it. They
0: shot everything except for those the swinging sequences, and they <laughs> saved that for 2002.
1: Yep, that's why Kirsten Dunst is the. She just looks a little bit older than Interview with a Vampire age, and like it's creepy, but yeah. like like it, it's like, fine. She'll age into it.
0: It's fine. It's the 90s.
1: Yeah, that's <sighs> true um so uh the, he does the dead the dead whores dead hookers like he's just this horror hooker thing that he's kind of just uh it's funny it's a funny word um so basically Artie's controlling all the uh, the trunks of all the cars while david keckner shoots his live tv commercial and norm Macdonald intervenes i guess before they they set up or as they were setting up they didn't notice that he he mm-hmm. managed to get a fleet of of prostitutes, paid them off, so now they're spending money still, uh, and putting them in the trunks of these cars. So during the live ad, Norm can pop up and say, "There's a bunch of dead hookers in these trunks. Don't go to this place, and also come to dirty work." You know,
0: free advertising, right? Mm-hmm. Free, except so. for the cost of the 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 hookers. Right. All right, settle down, prostitutes. Yeah,
1: like, so they've already wasted, and I know Artie says this, he's like, man, I thought we were trying to get money, like, we're wasting money on this storefront here, all this money that my sister sent, and now we've got to get all these prostitutes? And uh, he's right, like, they're wasting a lot of money here. Uh, I don't get it, but um, it works, like, they're advertising, it works uh, in all aspects except the romantic front. Trailer comes back to norm and says way to go they had to shut down the dealership now because of your little stunt what am i supposed to do for a job so he's like yeah that's not good but good for business
0: eh. Eh, eh, oh well uh i guess i didn't really think that one out <laughs> I, I jumped to a few conclusions there
1: it's um so that that's when the cue the little guy who walks in the little person he works at the uh the circus and um, I'm not sure what he does there. Just a little person, you know. So like he a, doesn't have to do
0: anything. If you're yeah, a little just, person in a circus, you got it made. You're king of the king just of the circus. hanging out,
1: man. Getting drunk all day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, comes in and uh, he asks them to. There's this woman I work with who's always like messing with me. I want you to get back at her, and it's none other than Rebecca Romain before she got staymost as uh, Jack Black says in uh, Shallow Hal. <laughs> um <clears throat> looking great even with a beard if you could look through it look past it and you do oh. get to see her without it she's a lovely I, woman
0: i i would i would happily take that beard <laughs>
1: i i for me uh hashtag plump buds, mystique and <laughs> <In> the, <laughs> the x-men movies um give me mystique but uh anyway She's in this. She does like just like a you know a little two minute scene. She's the bearded lady, and she's like speaking of drunks. Uh, she's like chain drinking, uh, chain drinking. She's chugging wine uh, from the glass, and she's messing with the little guy uh, at the circus. And uh, they're like, "Don't worry, we can handle this." And like I said earlier she wakes up no beard goes outside he's spraying the sign and says no beard <laughs> no Beard. <laughs> like okay and Gotta uh,
0: really really sell it
1: yep i think the next one is it the next one the fish and the
0: uh yeah the next one is yep. the mobster's house the you know the guy calls and complains they're like they're having parties all the time it's just it's not it's a mess like I don't want to live next to this house. And they're like, all right, well, we'll make it tough to live in the house. And mm-hmm. they're going to spread fish all throughout the house. Uh, an act that we used uh, in uh, our web series. <laughs> That's right. We sure did. These fishes. Trying <laughs> to get, trying to get our own father to leave his own apartment. I think that, our usage was funnier, quite frankly. I think,
1: like we what what helps is the baggage I say or the years of like knowing that that these are cliched gags like especially it's like you know what I mean the tropes of comedy and and, and doing them years later somehow becomes yeah. inherently more funny because yeah. <laughs> like, we all we all understand that this is a dumb played out thing so yeah right. we I try to do that we tried to do that on the show as much as we could you know that I understanding think it, i think it worked i like that one yeah i think i haven't watched it in years and uh, but i was thinking about it the other day and i was like oh that's a funny moment like
0: you know when i was on vacation in atlanta uh there was one night where i watched pretty much everything that we did except 3g1r Oh really? I, I watched uh I, I watched another peek up Marilyn's Dress. Oh wow. I watched whatever Marilyn's Dress shorts existed, whatever was on the Eek online YouTube yeah. channel. I like watched all those old shorts. Mm. I don't know why. I was just like I'm gonna I'm gonna indulge in me. Sure. Like Yeah, why not? And I like, don't know why I didn't watch three G one R. I just wasn't ready yet. I like needed more time. Yeah. Yeah. I spent
1: spend so much time making stuff, I don't look back at the stuff really. Yeah yeah it's just um so the yeah the, the, the my favorite scene of this is the the big shootout that happens off screen while they're just you just see them just deadpan holding the the trout in their hands already in norm and you just hear the most and and you have to thank these mobsters for being so descriptive <laughs> out you know that uh-huh. feels very
0: much like the like the fred <laughs> wolf in the script
1: yeah, I mean, maybe uh, it's more
0: of a norm thing, but it does. It just feels more like Fred Wolf the way that you're killing me with the chainsaw. Oh, no, now I, He stole my <laughs> chainsaw. And now he's using it on me! (laughs) Is that a hand grenade? (laughs) It's like...
1: It's so like... Whoever sound mixed it and edited it, it was... uh, Performed it. It was all just top-notch comedy. Like, that's why we... One of the reasons we remember this movie, I think, or go back to it. It's like... Little moments like this. Or it's like, where are you going to get moments like this? Where else are you going to get this kind of shit, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, So... They walk out, blood everywhere. Assumed, you know, it's PG thirteen. But the guy who hired him, he comes, he's like, "Guys, I didn't ask you to do this." It's like, "Yeah, can we get paid?" And we don't address the murder ever again. <laughs> they
0: just go back to their storefront. It <laughs> so, worked itself out. It's, they go it's back fraternity. to the storefront, and and, and uh, they're getting like Don Rickles calls them and leaves them over like threatening message yeah, or something what like is, that. What is it like,
1: with that?
0: "Don't need this at all." Mm-hmm.
1: um he smashed like he hits the answering machine a couple times but like it doesn't even budge and then like the phone rings and he hits the phone and uh norm answers he goes oh i can hear you fine it must be uh uh your phone which is like it's not imaginative but that's classic like norm like he gets away with just how right. he says it. you know
0: with not at all telling a joke just <laughs> yeah take enough of a pause and the truth <laughs> is a joke
1: I think it's the brazenness of his lying sometimes, you know, and, uh, with that tonality, I don't know yeah. to break it down. We don't need to, but I think it's like, how many
0: di- different ways can you lie in this situation? It's really the only way. I think it's, uh, your phone. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> almost like butthead.
1: You're right. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He does have kind of like a butthead thing from Beavis and Butthead thing going on. Yeah. yeah I could see that. Um, is the call i think the call is from travis cole right and he's he's gonna trick them into destroying his his apartment building at least we think it's his apartment building he's yeah. got this little dog that he holds which is i guess he sexually like molests all the time according to norm I
0: don't
1: uh know. he's got his thumb up its butt according to norm when he whispers to Artie later after their meeting but well, um, i
0: fucking hate people who walk around with little toyed Chihuahuas or little tiny dogs in their arms like that. I used to, when I worked at Blockbuster, like there was the, like two women who used to come in all the time, and you could tell that they were just like, you know, like the type of rich white woman who's just got like platinum blonde hair and a white SUV and loves yes. pink. Yes. Like, uh, you mean the artist or, or the uh, just the color? Th- no, the color. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, where's like. Pink velvet tracksuits and, like, and
1: shit. They have a license plate holder that's like glittery and pink, and they oh, like really, they, they look like Miss Piggy usually. Yeah, you, I know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> I know who you're talking. It's about, like you know, like generally. certain cliches exist for a reason. Any woman with a white SUV who loves the color pink, you are all the type. Yeah, yeah. I I I've, I never, get you, I've never met a cool. Woman who loved pink and and had a white SUV. It's always like, oh, you're such uh, a fucking rich white <laughs> snob.
1: I, don't know, I get I get the type you're talking about for sure. But uh, okay. they brought they brought in their toys. Yeah, they
0: toys. they come into the store with their fucking dogs, and I I, I sometimes I'd be like, you got to take the dog out of here. And they'd be like, hey, really? Be like, yeah, <laughs> really? It's a fucking video store. I don't need your dog there is a a Randall
1: oh to god to yes randall oh god blockbuster
0: i was a corporate randall no less like not that i worked for corporate but like i worked for a corporate video store and was still yeah. like fuck this
1: i feel like now you walk into a target or a walmart yeah. or where everybody's a randall you know it's it's just like like shit attitude like fuck you i hate this and it's fine you know i get it
0: well it's also it's just because like you walk into target or walmart and it's like all of the managers are like right up front and like everyone in the rest of the store is like unsupervised (laughs) fucking around. Like just don't give a shit. Like I went to target. I I would love to work at one of those jobs. Like as my next job, like if this job didn't work out to just have like, I'd love to work there for just like a month or two to experience working for a job and not giving a fuck. You can do that now, Jer. I, I don't want you. You know, like yeah, I would be sticking it yeah. to Walmart or Target if I'm like I, I'm gonna take your money and not do shit. That's the
1: American American. <coughs> here. That's,
0: yeah, that's it's <laughs> my dream in life. And most people are living it right now. You know, <laughs> like um, lack of means or options.
1: Yep. Yeah. So um, yeah, they they visit Christopher McDonald. He gives he kind of he tricks them into uh making a building condemnable because the people won't move out and he wants to make it a place for you know basically what jared's talking about the karens the uh, the miss piggies the suv drivers to uh move in
0: yeah he says the drugs and and crime has run rampant in the building
1: mm-hmm. so keep that in mind when uh Mitch, they they take the job, right? They accept the $50,000. Man, I may, I've i got shit in my throat this whole fucking episode. Me too. It's <sighs> not just you. Just I think shit I, happening. To be fair, COVID's spiking up again.
0: Mm. Well, I think it's just becoming an old man myself where I just have a lot of throat noises now that I have. <coughs>
1: <coughs> Sorry about that, everybody. We know these are great noises, but Um, they, uh, they accept the job, and so he meets up with, uh, old trailer again, (laughs) movie trailer, and, uh, he meets her mom. Like, this is only, like, their second date, if you want to call it that. They just go for a walk together. Or whatever. Some old bitch. Mom, grandma, doesn't matter. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. They walk up to a building. And he like once again he thinks uh, she's a
0: hooker. Are they a bunch of prostitutes? It, it makes no sense. Like he took he takes Christopher Do- McDonald's words for it. Yeah. And then sees like three women wearing like old lady sundresses. Yeah. Like and follow thinks, the or, follow the grandmother inside because she's got a home business and assumes that that's one of the crime businesses and assumes that they're hookers. That's a gag. It's, it's the worst. Like misconception or, or or miscommunication it's just like that, like, that to me it. is the worst aspect of this is like that's like you just like assume that oh those are hookers because he said that this building is full of crime and she must just not know about it which you is so naive uh, even uh, dumb
1: you gotta take a leap for that but there's another one earlier not to make this episode fucking longer but chevy chase's character um he uh you remember when he's talking about all of his bad bets earlier in the movie and he mentions Mr. T? Yeah. And that's all he says when he, he talks about bad bets. And Norm has to take the leap of logic for the joke's sake to say, you mean to tell me that you bet on Mr. T and Rocky 3 against Rocky? Like, that's he didn't say that. You just had to fill in all of those blanks. All he said was he bet on Mr.
0: T and lost. Why? Like, and also, why is that the most, like, ridiculous thing to believe yeah. when doesn't the first rocky like he doesn't win that fight right it's true so like it, like the, the franchise into- starts with him losing and you're like wait a minute you were ridiculous to think that he would lose like uh, yeah uh, that's how he started
1: you're right 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 like it's it's not unheard of like right off the bat so it's like that franchise it's funny because like if by starting it off in the first one with him losing you're like I don't know how this sequel's gonna go. Like that, it makes the, it an unpredictable franchise, really. Um but anyway, not to talk about Rocky. They fuck up the building in a montage. They once again put fish in the walls, they smash the walls, they they kick down doors, they put cockroaches in the beds and stuff, and it works, right? The building's all fucked up. And then it turns out that Christopher McDonald, Cole, that wasn't his building. Okay? He just uh wanted to manipulate them into uh, making it uh what was his end game making it condemnable so he could still buy the property with his
0: company something something uh, there was something else where like he wanted to make a building like into a parking lot for the Chelsea Ho- Opera House or whatever but I don't think that's the same it's something some bullshit related to the Chelsea
1: Opera House right because that's where our third act that makes sense because that is where it ends up the whole story and we're getting there. When they're in the office, he uh, has his tape recorder, and he doesn't realize until uh, minutes later when he's sleeping in his car and lis- just listening. Speaking of uh, celebrating you, he's listening to his old messages on his tape recorder. You know? <laughs> yeah. And Because um, this, this is that,
0: that era of Norm MacDonald where he's doing this tape recorder gag even on SNL. Where yeah. you're like, where did this come from? Because he just started randomly doing it one week on SNL. And then it, like, made its way into this movie, and it's... it's.
1: I think some I, comedians just, uh, they author bits. That's, that is a... Right? It's safe to say that's the Norm Macdonald, one of his bits, one of his authored bits that just uh, gets... Uh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's just the, the note-to-self bit. The
0: ironic notes-to-self, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mr. Subliminal. Like, is
1: it's like that. Like, it's yeah. a bit like that, you know? But, uh... He, he finds out that he was recording uh, the, uh, the confession that Christopher McDonald has in his office, where he's like, basically, I screwed you guys. Good luck trying to prove it, because you're
0: never going to. Oh, God, the dialogue <laughs> in this scene. I know I told you I did, but I lied. <laughs> it's just so, like... <laughs> Uh, It's he lays everything out so um, bluntly that there's no way that any jury could argue it other than the fact that we're like, well, how do we even know that that's his voice? You know, I don't know how these tape recorded things are supposed to work anyway, because, again, it's just like, how do we know that this isn't just some guy who sounds like him? It's like that liar, liar. Like, how do we know that this isn't himself? Like, how is an audio recording supposed to even prove anything? That's a good point, and it's
1: used in so many movies as, like, the the ironclad thing that, you know, gets them in the end. They even did it up to, uh, like, Horrible Bosses with the OnStar, like, the guys on the phone, and they're, like, there's a confession with Kevin Spacey, and, like, the guys on, on hold on the phone is, like, I heard everything, and I I heard but, it, guys. Yeah, I mean, at least
0: like, at least that was heard live by somebody, you know, as opposed yeah. to just, like, oh, I have this recording that right. may or may not be anyone involved in this actual debate here
1: i now that you mentioned it i think i wrote that as a, a gag in uh camp soap uh the play my first one of my first plays at least the first one i got published um and it's um my character i think had a tape of quote-unquote candid audio of a conversation between like his care my character and like right. someone and I, and I just doctor like the voices and like really pathetically i love when that kind of shit backfires like yeah. in uh like sh- shitty, you know, stuff like that. Attempts at uh, outsmarting people, mm-hmm. but um, they the, the the this all culminates in the big plan to take down Christopher McDonald. They have the audio to use against him, and also the truth came out uh, minutes ago with Artie Lang about uh, being brothers. And he doesn't initially take it very well because it's a movie and there has to be drama and conflict at this part of the movie. So they go their separate ways briefly. And so when they meet back up and they're outside of uh, Cole's place and Artie's just like throwing himself into his front door to try and get their $50,000 that was promised to them, Norm shows up. He's like, what are you doing? It's like, no, nah, I got a good plan. I, got, I recorded the audio and he's like, we're going to enlist these homeless people here. One of them is Jim Downey. The other one's Fred Wolfe, the, the writer of this movie. And we're going to uh, we're going to have a plan here at the opera house because that's uh, he's got a big events like a chair, as you mentioned, like a charity right. event or something for the opera. Like that's uh, highfalutin bullshit, real mm. slobs versus snobs, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, so that's where it all it, it ends here in the, the third act. Everybody's in their tuxes. The press is there. It's,
0: it's kind of like what like I like that. Mm-hmm in its odd own weird little way it does kind of like like gel together at the end like because like the homeless people were used to get into the building we're using the homeless people again we're mm-hmm. using pops like in the hospital gown as a way of distracting the op- there's, there's, there's op- the just, singer yeah yeah mm-hmm. there's just different yeah let's like, so it, let's it feels like it, it feels a little me.
1: bit like... <laughs> um, you got the dad. He comes up and he's wearing I love that he's wearing like a horned helmet, like yeah. an opera helmet when he comes out. And he's like he's just trying to bang the the quote unquote fat lady. The the, the the when the fat lady sings, you know, that cliche, she's there and she's singing and he's like, it ain't over till I climb that mountain. He keeps calling her like a mountain. Yeah. And, uh, the audience there uh, is is confused and startled. One guy is really into it. He thinks that it's all part of the show daring just,
0: portrayal of don giovanni so great love that bit but like a you said this it, a lot of this third act does feel seinfeldian in that just like mm-hmm. the idea of, of just keep continuously referring to don giovanni like there's just something <laughs> about that that feels like you know grant grandma mema yeah. grandma mema
1: never liked you <laughs> they were memas um yeah, stuff like, like the re- repetition and stuff, yeah. like verbal repetition. Um, uh, But, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. It all gels and vibes really well. Chris Farley comes back, and he has a, a cage full of skunks. Now, I don't know – we didn't really have skunks earlier, did we, in the movie? No, this that's, is a it's just
0: kind of just like bringing Chris Farley into the scene to help, you know, in a, in a way. You know? But – it's, it's one of the weaker uh right. based in a Components.
1: we got the prostitutes from earlier from the cars they're helping yep. uh basically create like defend basically be like the hell's angels for norm like his his army like his his guards and then um they have the brownies from the right Jessica yes yes on yes. the guard well, it does. yeah the crew it's so cool uh, you're right. Like it all comes together. Like everything that they, you thought this was episodic and lame. Like we're at least we're gonna call back to it at the end of this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. That is cool. Um, but so it yeah, also is just
0: like they uh, they have a limited bag of tricks too. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it kind of speaks to their abilities.
1: We didn't talk about one other scene is when they go. They do go to jail for sabotaging like the construction site, and uh, there is a rape that happens, and Norm. <laughs> verbally admonishes his rapist afterwards and it's for the the lack of respect (laughs) so mature like in such a like (laughs) grown-up and disappointed tone like that's the gag you know and
0: that and that's like shades of of the norm that you get in the bob saget roast this like almost like older uh guy talking you know like uh, an older gentleman talking down to a, a younger generation, but even though they're, like, the same age. And-
1: it, it is a real fucking shame, I mean, for many reasons that he died, but, like, he didn't get to be – it is you, – you made me realize he was always an old man. like Right, kind of an yeah. Old, and he didn't get to be a fucking old man for very long uh, at yeah. all, very – it sucks.
0: I got his 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 biography uh, or his autobiography, and and, and I didn't know he wrote one. Yeah, the whole thing is written like an old man. Like I'll yeah, let you borrow yeah. it. It's like it's it sounds like the voice of an old man who's like he's, reflecting he's on the Halcyon days of his youth. Yes, the
1: salad day. I bet he uses the term salad days in his I, book. Maybe I only
0: read it once. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I totally can see him writing like a. I don't even know because I don't know enough writers of his that ilk, but like the Andy Griffith type of let's go to the fishing
0: yeah. hole kind of fucking.
1: Yeah,
0: is a but, story uh, about like walking this blind man around his Canadian country town. Like,
1: ah uh, that's quick.
0: He is like and that is I think
1: that is the Canadian about him, uh, uh, Canadianness of him that really uh, yeah. comes through like the heart of going to the heart of Manitoba where in the wilderness and yeah. you know helping uh, your your common man um but uh, this is quite a scene it's all all this kind of gels like i said this you know we keep saying it but um he confronts cole up in his uh, opera box while the press is like having a field day get, capturing all this madness and uh of course the classic villain move is they take the tape out, they mess with it, and then they throw the tape, you know, throws the tape recorder away. Like, ha ha, try good luck proving it. And it hits a reporter down below. <laughs> I love
2: that. He
0: goes, ow, son of a bitch bastard. <laughs> I'm not, no joke at all. I do, Will, if I stub my toe or sometimes, and it's like one of those, like, where it hurts for just a second, and it's more like the noise that you're reacting to, I will ow, son of a bitch bastard. <laughs> You I still, still do. that. It. So. It's so yeah. funny. Every time I see that, it makes me laugh. That's it's
1: yeah, that's uh, I want to be came up with that, but
0: just because we're wrapping up, I want to go back to the one Chevy Chase thing that does still make me laugh. Is mm-hmm. like there's you know a point where they go back to the hospital and they're like, Hey, you know, Pops, we almost have your money, or we may have your money. I don't know. We're just kind of coming back to update you that there is no update, mm-hmm. and uh, they ask him if he can they can it's like hey do you think if we get got some of the money now we can pay you in an installments and as Artie lang is talking like he's got this look and he's like this subtle nod where he's like as if you think he's going to be like yeah that'd be great and he's just like uh yeah no like it's yeah, yeah. the way that he's like no
1: that
0: always, is classic always makes me laugh. Chevy. doing it justice
1: no it, it classic the timing and the yeah um i would say also the one for me that like where i said classic Chevy while sitting in my couch is um, where they're talking about his dad. And they're like, uh he like, he, for, he pretends that they, he forgot who they're talking about, even though they were just talking about him. He's like, who? Oh, your dad. <laughs> like, do right. you remember? Yeah, I, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like that's sort of like playful ignorance that he yeah. does. Yeah. That like aloofness. He immediately,
0: immediately forgot about. What yeah,
1: exactly. That was like classic Chevy, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, and you'll find this out in Feudal and Stupid Gesture, is he, he did always pratfall on purpose. At least every time he saw Doug Kenny, he would take a tumble, like, across a table or something and oh, knock yeah. shit over. That, like, that's what Chevy would do, yeah Yeah,
0: that explains the pills.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean, he was like, famous
0: for doing that on SNL. I didn't know that. was right, he did, like, like,
1: all the time. At parties, just, like, as a, a trick. Like, I'm going to, like hilariously trip over this table like yeah um, i mean he, you and, know
0: it's yeah it's dropping a cake in someone's face you know on yeah. his talk show like it works
1: <laughs> <laughs> man that talk show is awkward i love i think hats off did a, a great video about it on the channel on youtube uh yeah. with goldie hans singing uh happy birthday and he like <laughs> remember that he's like sitting at his desk and oh it's so creepy and weird it's weird um but anyway uh yeah we're at the end here he confronts him but they have a backup copy he's like play it on the pa and then it's like they capitalize on the playing the uh the the awkward notes that no one's supposed to hear on the tape recorder it's like get uh, wart cream for your giant ass wart. It's like, no, not that section. Play the even, section where we caught him.
0: Yeah, even though he does that like exact gag, like it's it, they double down on that gag. You know, yes, they don't, they I do. don't care for that.
1: I don't either. Like it's it's when they do the ass wart cream where I was like one too many because they yeah. I think they just did one like yeah they just did prior. one where he's
0: like trying to find the, yeah like you gotta you can't do both
1: no. And then, uh, like Cole gets arrested. Um, he tells, he does cut a check for, for them, but as he's getting taken out in cuffs, he tries to tell his like main accountant or like his main number two who is tripping on brownies and is covered in hives and thinks that he's a hot babe, like model getting taken away in cuffs and says, want to have sex. He says, put a stop payment on that $50,000 check. And so he imagines him as a chick saying, let's do it. He's like, Oh, Absolutely. So he, you know, so nice you know little, that doesn't uh, happen. Yes, it's it's a uh, and it is it, like it's a really quick ending. It's a voiceover, you know, it's book-ended and a really dark final joke about how that we did save the dad. I lived we lived happily ever after with tra- uh you know, I ended up with trailer. And uh, oh, remember that doctor even though we paid him off and he was able to pay his
0: bookies, he still died. He still <laughs> anyway. killed him anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, like <laughs>
0: Anyway, bye. <laughs> <That was it. laughs> How many like movies it. said like that? <laughs> I like it. That one works for me. <laughs> That's like nihilistic,
1: like, uh, shit. You know, like, uh, but yeah, it's super dark and yeah, it's norm. You know, there's the norminess of it does come through. Uh,
0: and. Quite a say, bit
1: in this movie.
0: Yeah, we're wrapping up here. But I do want to say that because we get one final beat with Chris Farley at the end of the movie where he gets mm. a new nose and, you know, drives off with the Saigon whore who bit it off in the first place. Who yes. then bites it off. You bit my new nose off, which is funny yes. enough. But I, I feel like there's something about watching him in this movie where I've, you know, in the past I have questioned, like, if Chris Farley had lived, would he have done any good? You know, like, where would Chris Farley's career have gone? You know, and I and part of that is because like the last I I've, I really have never seen Almost Heroes, so I don't know how his character is in that. But Beverly Hills Ninja is kind of like, you know, and Black Sheep and Tommy Boy are essentially like, you know, fat doofus. Yeah. And there's something about the, the like his his character in this and his acting in this movie made me go, you know what? They're actually, oddly enough, Dirty Work gave me more. um more of a feeling like Chris Farley could have done more or Um, done something bigger beyond any of the other starring roles that he's done. It's odd.
1: I couldn't agree more. And I I think I, not to tell you how you're thinking, but I I got that vibe too. And it was like, not only that, but I I like, you know, Jack Nicholson, like the, the real classic actors like that, you know, good or bad, they go through these rough patches, like addiction, Mm -hmm. they come out the other end and right. they have that's just a period of their career in their storied and and now complicated and very interesting career right we were deprived of that from chris farley this was like we caught him at the him in the middle of his darkest period Mm -hmm. and and i and what you're saying is he has an edginess about him in this movie a look that I never to agree with you it's it's the chops it's the sweatiness it's sort of how he's dressed it's his hairstyle it's sort mm-hmm. of how he's playing it but also his characters back the implication of the danger of his character I really feel like uh, I agree with you like he could have been like David Lynch could have used him like in uh in some odd interesting yeah. way you uh, know you're right on that yeah yeah like- uh, we were deprived of like man, you, like that was Chris Farley's dark period, and then he got out and he started doing like Alexander
0: Payne comedromaties, and yeah. he's really good in about. Or he, schnitz, uh, I mean, he version. would have been, you know, Shrek. Like, you know, I don't know right, how right. If Shrek would have made his life better or worse. And you know, if you listen to those audio clips of him doing Shrek, it's like yeah. it's not, it's not, it's different, but it's not bad. Like, it's actually like. He's, Decent, um, you know, like it, it's just, a, it's, it's, it feels slightly more like a Disney character than, yes, than what Shrek eventually becomes. But I'll agree
1: with that. <laughs> I think he would have been a fine Shrek. And I like, I, all I can say is I can't say where he would have wound up today, but I will say alexander payne comedy dramedy would have been great for any comedian from like snl who's like aging and like doesn't know what the fuck to do it's like do a you got to do a great character study dramedy that's interesting is
0: is a is a Payne got it does he got anything for you like go see
1: (laughs) or uh maybe aronofsky like if he's in a rare mood he might give you some prosthetics he might put you in a fat suit he might make you a wrestler or something really interesting and that'll be cool you know but uh, yeah, I really feel for all these these comedians, and I always get this vibe with all of them. Really, once they reach a certain age, which is they should be utilized as as dr- dramatic actors, because so many comedians make great dramatic actors. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but the movie ends, and then we get what I think I have officially crossed the line to I no longer like, which is mm. out outtakes during the end credits. Ah. I, I used to love them and now I kind of feel like yeah, we get it. You had fun making the movie. Like I don't I don't care. I don't need It's funny to, um, to see you laughing at things that like, you know, are only like sixes or sevens in the movie, you know? Like it Sure. I I don't I think it varies. I think it depends
1: on how infectious the they it seems to be I don't know. Sometimes it's it's contagious. Like um, for this one, I was kind of um, I laughed a couple times during at their laughter and the outtakes. I do remember that. But uh, I watched Date Night recently, and we talked about that because that movie's under ninety. And I was like, "How come we didn't do that?" And you're like, "I don't really want to do a Date Night." Yeah, frankly, I, like,
0: I don't remember it being worth doing.
1: It's it's for me like a six, like a straight up six, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But um, uh, um, outtakes. blah. blah. Thank you. They have outtakes at the end of that movie, and the, I'm like, mm, I wish you guys didn't leave these in because yeah. they like seem forced. So it really varies. Like I think it just it really varies movie to movie for me. I think
0: I think Pixar honestly ruined the outtakes during end <laughs> with credits with the
1: scripted outtakes. Yeah, because you know? they're just yeah. now they just
0: read as just like all right, these are fucking cheesy and yeah. I don't know. I guess Nutty Professor still. Like those outtakes kind of make me laugh still But like Liar Liar outtakes Don't make me laugh You know We
1: I'm sure I've said this But Katie and I quote the outtakes Of Liar Liar We call it the outtakes which, like which I don't know, they're on to me. <laughs> like shit <laughs> like I don't know why, because we're just weird. But like we like the outtakes of Liar Liar are drilled into our brain. No, I, I and I like, agree
0: with you. We saw the movie so much and those outtakes are so I can't so, even like, tell if they're good anymore.
1: Outtakes. I know. Like they're so ceremonious and like like this guy is on fire. Like he's so yeah. fucking funny, you know. I really
0: don't think they are that good. Like honestly, if you watch them it's a lot of like and Goose, Yeah, I know. I know that. Yeah,
1: it. yeah I know. You know anyway, nuptial agreements. And then She's he does the serious in. face and then everybody laughs. Oh, I, I know for this. Which, you'll ter- pay a terrible price with the water thing. It's like, why are you doing I, this?
0: I, and honestly, like, I, we may have even mentioned this way back when we did the Liar Liar episode. I do feel like the Tom Shadiak outtakes in all of his movies are sweetened to sound like way more people are actually laughing at what's going on. Agreed. Totally agreed. It's not like I, 30 people who suddenly like, <laughs> we're like, we're wasting like footage every second. I know.
1: I know. If I was a crew member, I'd be so mad. It's like, Jim's just riffing like. Can we? I gotta. I gotta get home to my kids. You know.
0: Yeah, I'm glad he's having fun. I'd like to go home. <laughs>
1: uh, that's that's that, I want to say. Trying to think if there's anything else about dirty work, but that's that's it. Um, we lost Norm too soon. We lost Chris Farley too soon. We lost Bob Saget too soon. People need to not die. That's all yeah. I have to say.
0: We lost Jack Warden too soon. He's like, <laughs> too soon. In his too 90s. Soon. <laughs> too soon, Jer. Oh poor Jack. Uh yeah, that's Dirty Work from nineteen ninety eight. Um and that is it for us this week. I also have nothing else to say about Dirty Work. Little slight slight cult classic. That's all I can say. Check it out. Um uh yeah, we will be back next week with another new episode in our final wind down yeah, before well, the this... end. I
1: was looking at our our thing is this nine and then t- next week is eight and then seven six five four three, two one I
0: think this is this is either nine or eight itself uh, this is crazy right yeah, like this is insane okay, one two three four five six seven eight more episodes plus oh my goodness the Christmas bonus so nine technically um but that's it wow we're we're, we're less than ten away
1: it's gonna be sad it's gonna be a relief but also at the same time i'm not too sad because you you can't get rid of us you know we're always we're gonna be around you
0: know no no we don't we don't go away we just move yeah (laughs) Yeah. just shift over um but hey until then uh i'm jeremy eden
1: i'm dan eden
0: and that's a wrap
1: A chocolate, how can that be?